fall hasn't officially arrived in Bowie's Creek until you've heard the golden voice of Chris Haymeyer giving you the play-by-play for Campbell University football. The voice of the Camels for the past seven years will return to the booth tomorrow night for the season opener at Barker Lane Stadium. Join us as Chris Haymeyer talks about his favorite Fighting Camel moments and where he found his passion for sports broadcasting. And then stick around for the end of this podcast to meet members of the Sound of the Sandhills Marching Band, which makes its debut also at Thursday night's game. Welcome to Episode 2 of Season 2. I'm your host, Billy Liggett, joined by co-host Kate Stoneburner, and this Rhymes with Orange. Welcome, Chris Haymeyer, to uh, Rhymes with Orange. I know you've been the voice of the Kinston Indians. You've worked at East Carolina. You've worked at Ohio University, and uh, you were a sports reporter and an anchor in New Bern. Uh, as you can tell, I have read your bio before we started this today. But um, this is a question we ask everybody, and uh, you're no exception. What uh, brought you to Campbell University? Just an incredible opportunity. Um, I'm from Missouri originally, but as you read through all of that, I got um, a start in the broadcasting business at a local TV station in New Bern, North Carolina, um, a couple years out of college. And uh, I've gotten some great opportunities here. Um, when I was with the Kinston Indians, I got to work at East Carolina doing the majority of their baseball until basketball season was over. And um, on top of that, filling in for some football and basketball broadcasts. And I always knew getting to a university and being the quote unquote voice of the college and getting to do all the sports at the NCAA level is what I wanted to do. I grew up in a university town back in Missouri. So I've been a college sports lover forever. And this opportunity came up and it was it was too good to pass up and this will start uh, season number eight for me this year. Yeah, you and I got here like right around the same time. Yeah. I think one of the first things I had to write was Campbell has a new voice of the camels and it's it's Chris Haymeyer and uh, so yeah, we've been here around the same time. Um, and we'll talk about your career here at Campbell, but uh, you mentioned that uh, and just, again, going off your bio, the one constant throughout your whole career is sports. Uh, how early in life did that passion develop, and uh, um, what led you to want to do a career in sports? Some of my earliest memories are sports memories. Uh, well, I was born in Kansas City, but we moved to Columbia, Missouri, where the University of Missouri is, uh, when I was two years old. My parents are big sports fanatics. My father was always a sports fan. My mother was sort of a tomboy growing up. She was the St. Louis City softball batting champion one summer that's a uh, that's a good title yeah <laughs> yeah yeah unfortunately it was back in the days when there weren't as many opportunities to play uh in college for women so she did not play but she got a nursing degree and a physical education degree so they were huge sports fans uh growing up in a college town we were season uh basketball ticket holders uh since uh i could remember and it was the kind of family we went to every day. It didn't matter if Missouri was playing Kansas or Missouri was playing Coppin State. We were there. And when we were watching them when they went away, which I always credit is a big reason where I kind of developed how play-by-play should sound like. My father loved the biased Missouri announcers and hated the unbiased TV announcers. So when they were away, we would turn the radio up and the TV down. And I kind of saw how you call a game seeing it, but how it needs to sound on the radio. So, of course, I wanted to be a college basketball player. Um, 
And that dream kind of ended in ninth grade when they realized I was 5'9 and 155 pounds, wasn't quick, couldn't jump. I could shoot three-pointers a little bit. And so after that dream died, I said, you know, how can I stay in sports that has been such a part of my life and that I love? And I knew I was going to go into journalism. It was going to be either print or broadcast. Luckily, in high school, I got opportunities in both, but as the editor of the news section of the high school newspaper, I thought... Newspaper is not for me. Not great at spelling, not very good at layout, and so broadcast it was. You made the right choice. Uh, the newspaper decision was one I made much later in life, and uh, um, so you definitely made the right choice. So now you're in the voice of the camels, and you just mentioned that you guys liked the biased home team callers. So you become a fan of the teams you voice. I'm sure you're so involved in camel athletics. Is it hard to suppress that emotion when you're watching a game or is that something you try to suppress well the great thing about being the voice of Campbell is when people tune in they're Campbell fans who are tuning in for the most part and again I'm not one of those I I, I at least think that I try to not be overly biased you're going to notice a little bit more in my voice when Campbell scores they're the teams you want to win but I don't think if you're going to tune in from another university, you're going to know I'm not your guy, but hopefully you'll enjoy uh, the broadcast. And that's something that really they try to teach you uh, across the board. And actually with the conference, the Big South Conference, and everything goes out um, on the web and we're doing conference teams, they really try to um, let you know that too, that a lot of people they're watching from all over, not just Campbell fans. So hopefully yeah. uh, I'm able to do that uh, a little better. I will say I notice you get excited when the other team score. Like a 70-yard touchdown is a 70-yard touchdown. Okay. A, a huge play is a huge play. You, I imagine some people, that guy's running down the sideline 70 yards, and some announcers are like, oh, there he goes. Yeah. And But you get excited for it, and, and you, you know, you show excitement anyway, even even if it's bad for Campbell. And uh, you you mentioned one of the things you said is they teach you. So uh, is there actual a school for play-by-play broadcasting, or is that you, know, you say Missouri, but it, like is that part of the curriculum? Yeah, you know the, the the great thing is as you get out there, and there's a lot of of different things, and I've had a lot of great mentors throughout the year that you kind of emulate by but by looking at and listening to but also to that's the thing that they'll tell you because they're trying to get away from what in the 60s 70s and 80s was so to be better kind of at your craft and for what people are expecting they don't like the hometown announcers as much anymore um it it, it, it's great to you know even at my age, and I've been doing this for 20 years now and that, I, I try to listen to every broadcast, um, at least a little bit of it, because you can come out of something and not even notice that you are saying a crutch word or a really good broadcast wasn't that good, a broadcast that you thought was really bad wasn't that great. And also, too, people that are at different points in their broadcast career, I always, uh, a couple times a year, send out to contacts and old colleagues, you know, a little bit of different games and see what they come back with. And that's how you kind of get a lot of the teaching. And just, you know, now you can watch every game online, on TV. So you watch the guys that are the best at the craft and you learn that way. 
can you go back and listen to your old stuff without cringing or <laughs> i tell you what um i went through a little bit of a let's call it a reorganization of a lot of stuff i have been saving for a long time and i actually listened back to some um of my first work when i was in college i was the voice of the mexico bulldogs which mexico missouri was a town of about five thousand. they were a 1a school very small but every single one of their basketball and football games home and away was on a small am farm station in missouri (laughs) and so there i was most of the away games i did from somewhere in the bleachers and it's funny you listen to the things and there's still kind of that base um that you grow off of but as you can imagine it was uh it was cringeworthy at many many times any boom goes the dynamite moments for you or (laughs) there's some people out there that will know what that means (laughs) um i tell uh, everyone that we work with here, you know, in the communications department and that, and I, and I tell uh, people that I work with, I said, Hey, save your worst mistakes, save your worst broadcast, because right now it's going to be, um, horrifying and you won't listen to it. And quite frankly, you shouldn't listen to it. If it's something that you know, at the time was boom goes the dynamite and that bad. But I wish I had some of my worst broadcasts right now. And my boom goes the dynamite moment was actually when I first came to North Carolina. I was the pseudo number three sports guy at a local ABC affiliate at Newburn, trying to work my way into the sports department. So 90% of my job was news. So I had the 11 o'clock story. There was a murder somewhere downtown. I had covered it all day. It was we go to Chris Haymeyer over live on the set. And I had been doing it for a little while, so maybe I got a little bit cocky. I didn't bring my script out there with me because, of course, I'm going to look at the camera and the prompter is going to be there. And I turn and the prompter is blanked out. Oh, no. (laughs) I don't have any of my papers with me. I have forgotten everything that I learned. I'm supposed (laughs) to picture this package. And, and, you know, in TV and radio, the the silences are always, quote unquote, longer than you think. This one, I remember, was so long in my head saying, this is the longest silence ever. This is terrible. <laughs> I finally blurt something out, totally butcher the story and pitch to the package. And I and I stop and the package is running and the anchor looks over at me and says, it wasn't that bad. Well, and then I get offset. And then I get offset. I get back into the newsroom knowing that she was being nice. And my boss at the time, who was a, I don't even know if tough love would be the right thing to say. He was tough. He looked at me and he's like, probably bring your scripts out next time shouldn't you Mm. i said was it that bad he's like yep it was really really bad of course that tape i erased immediately (laughs) but i wish now i had that because it would be fun to play now on this podcast yeah but you do that now you do that these this was maybe a little bit before youtube then you know that ends up on youtube five minutes later and uh and for some people it's hard to overcome that yep yeah so you're lucky i guess song parodies and then <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> right right and it was a serious story too oh, yeah, it was terrible. it was just one of those things but you know you learn these lessons and thankfully billy you know we are about the same age and and we say often boy i'm glad they didn't have youtube oh, back yeah. there not because there's some you know secret a dvd of us doing something that that we shouldn't but because well, in my case there is aren't magnified <laughs> you know uh, no you're right and social media and all that that's uh yeah, I say that a lot, a lot. Yeah, uh, who are who are some of your favorite uh, announcers? I, I'm I know I'm kind of going another direction with this, but this uh, this was a a question because I have I have favorites. I have people 
that I grew up with, announcers, they become a part of your life almost. Um, and for you, I imagine there, there's a deeper uh, engagement there. So who are some of your the the play-by-play uh, -play or anchors or, or people that you looked up to and tried to, uh, that's what I want to be? I was so lucky. The, the first radio voice I remember was the voice of the Missouri Tigers at the time, Kevin Harlan, who Kevin Harlan um, started as the voice of the Tigers. He was the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs in the NFL, then the Minnesota Timberwolves when they were a brand new expansion team in the NBA. And now you would recognize his voice if you don't recognize his name. He's the voice of Monday Night Football. He always does a CBS game on TV, and he's the voice of basketball on TNT and TBS. So a guy that at the time wasn't known you could tell he was going somewhere. And so that's the first kind of voice. He's a Hall of Famer now. And then I got really lucky after that. A guy uh, has been at Missouri for 25 years. His name is Mike Kelly. And um, he was one of those guys, too. Didn't get overly excited, but you knew who he was. And then sort of uh, who I've always grown up emulating in baseball is Denny Matthews. He's been the only voice that the Kansas City Royals have ever had. And Kansas City now is uh, celebrating their 50th anniversary wow. as a baseball team. And he's about as Midwest as you get. <laughs> there are certain times you listen and you can't tell if someone just hit a grand slam for or against the team. But that was good, too, to give me that base of people want to know the facts. They want to know the stats. You can have the color in addition to that. Brad Sham uh, yeah. announced the Cowboys forever, just about. And I'm a big from Dallas, big Cowboys fan, uh, don't hate me, and uh, uh, Brad Sham, and this isn't meant to, to kiss up to you, but uh, there is a little bit of Brad Sham in that in that uh, he will offer the same excitement for the other team, because uh, like I said, a big play is a big play is a yep. big play, you're going to announce it equally, and uh, although Brad Sham will have his moments, like, oh, what were they thinking, and those kind of right. things like that, but I loved Brad Sham and uh, Pat Summerall, and I know I'm mostly pro level um because i didn't follow a lot of colleges growing up but but uh yeah you grow up with those people and and uh when they suddenly retire when they're gone you, you didn't you didn't realize just that voice how how big of a um, role that played in in uh in your growing up and you being a sports fan even it's so. interesting too because i notice when um i go back to the midwest and go back to missouri and and turn on uh, a baseball game and hear that same voice that I heard growing up, some things that he says, it goes off in my head, wow, that's what you use. Not even knowing, thinking it's a part of your broadcasting style, and you said you got that from the guy that you have been listening to literally for 50 years. And, and that's the fun thing about the business, too. There's so many different styles out there. It's a frustrating part of the business as well, but there's so many different styles uh, out there, and a lot of people kind of have that base around who they grew up listening to. So you two both have distinctive voices you remember growing up. So what do you think about your own voice? Is it important to have a certain kind of radio <laughs> broadcast voice? You know, I am I am so bad. There, there was a time when you're coming up young and you, and, and you say, hey, you know, I want this certain sort of catchphrase. You know, in the 80s and 90s, it was all, you know, as cool as the other side of the pillow and Fuego ESPN yeah. was big. And man, when you, when, you, when you try to develop those things, um, sometimes it can come off as corny. Other times it's what you're known for and it's, and it's, why, and it's why you're popular. I've found when I've tried to uh, have an idea of my head and try to work in different catchphrases and things like that, they usually fall flat. But some things just come organically and those are what I feel have been 
my best calls. What is your favorite call since you've been at Campbell? Wow. I would say um, Chris Clemens uh, this year, his his second buzzer beater and what turned out to be three buzzer beaters. Um, I, I liked it looking back at it because, you know, he had just done the same thing a week ahead of time. And, and I thought there was a pretty good call on this. And now it's almost the exact same situation. And he hits one and, you know, it's kind of Clemens for the win. He makes it, you hear the crowd and I kind of let it breathe for a while, you know, and I said, get him a cape and a movie deal because he's a superhero, which is just sort of like what I would say, you know, to my friend after the game. And it kind of came out and I'm like, oh man, was that the cheesiest thing ever? And I realized that like I've gotten a lot of comments on it and that, and it was kind of a perfect way to sum up what he has done because he's been doing it for, for three years and going into his senior year. Now you, you've sort of run out of things to say. And for a while I didn't say anything. And that was kind of nice to let the game breathe. All right, well, let's listen to it then. With five, crowd to their feet. Clemens with three. Clemens for the win. <laughs> Get him a cape and a movie deal because he's a superhero. Chris Clemens. I love it. Campbell I love it. And like down. you said, so maybe that's a, a two second, three second, let it soak in. Did it, did it feel longer when you did it? I, did, I literally didn't know. You what didn't to know say. what to say. <laughs> I, I, I did not know what to say. You you were lucky to get one of those buzzer beating moments a year, and the fact that it happened at home to win a game, and it was literally. I, I think maybe the exact thing is that maybe ten, eleven, twelve days afterwards, it was one of those things where you know it works for the dramatic pause. But I'll be honest with you, I didn't know what to say. I kind of screamed, you know. Chris Clemens the, the the last time and so I kind of I kind of let it breathe but it's it's fun with with those memories and gosh there's been a lot of close games over the past couple of years and pretty much uh, everything and it helps to winning so much it's it's been fun I've had a couple of championship calls already being here and it's just been a, it's been a good time as you know to be here at Campbell University athletics everything is is growing and succeeding which is so much fun so the reason we have you on now is because uh actually um tomorrow when people are listening to this tomorrow will be the uh, season opener for football and i know you do a lot of sports and and you can't play favorites but i imagine there's got to be a level of excitement with football because it also marks the beginning of a school year um football draws the larger crowds and and the, the atmosphere and everything so how do you feel Right now we're in, um, recording this. We're in mid-August, but you're still a couple weeks away from it. Uh, how, how do you feel heading into a season like this and, and getting to do uh, games again? It's unbelievable because all of the sports you love to do, football has such a rhythm to it. And there's this buildup and this crescendo all week that ends to this game. It's going to be on Thursday this week, of course, but usually on, on Saturday. So it's fun how each day there's a different sort of, of buildup to it, and it's and it's one game, and it's such an event. And Campbell at Barker Lane Stadium has averaged a sellout for really the last three years now. Ticket sales are, are bigger than they've ever been, and it's an event, and it's the one thing everybody talks about. Basketball, the one 
match against it is sometimes you're playing on Tuesday, then on Sunday, then on, on Monday. It's it's easy to lose track. During spring break while everybody's gone. Right? <laughs> yeah. Campbell football, you know, Thursday to open the season, and then every Saturday you're going to have something. So I, I love the buildup of it. And this year, more buildup than usual going into the season because this is year 11 of Campbell football. Number one, we're coming off a winning season, just the second winning season in the history of Campbell football, but it's FCS scholarship football. More eyeballs are going to be on this. A better caliber of player is going to be on this. A better caliber of team playing, and we're in the Big South in football, and there is just so much to to think about going into this year, and I think everybody's kind of wondering, how are we going to compete at this level? Seven years isn't... uh isn't a long time in the grand scheme of things, but it's really remarkable how far this program has come in these seven years. I know you saw that first winning season, but then you saw them hit rock bottom, and it's been a steady climb since. But then you got the new stadium. You've got all these new facilities. Like you say, scholarship football, a, a more um, maybe a more a deeper roster talent-wise. Uh, um, what's the difference heading into this season? And, and uh, what's been your thoughts on really this rapid growth in the last seven years? It's been unbelievable. Um, Dale Steele, who was the, the the first head football coach here, he was the perfect person to build this program. My first year was year four, which was that winning season. And then um, the best person to bring uh, this program into this new era was Mike Minner, and who was hired by Bob Roller, the athletic director who has been here all of these seven years and really overseen the unbelievable growth um, of not only Campbell football, but, but, but Campbell athletics. Um, it's fun because as you say, every year you add something, you know, first it was the lights, then it was Barker Lane stadium was finally finished on the home side. Then we added a weight room. Then last year it was the video board two years oh, ago, yeah. every year this year too, there's brand new turf with orange end zones and orange numbers and it's scholarship football. I forgot about the lights. That was a huge right? deal. The first night game. Right. Wow. And what has been fun is every year they've added something and every year that the team has gotten better adding this base this year and the next couple of years are going to be interesting because Campbell coming off a winning season two years ago, five and five. Last year, uh, a six win season. This year, they probably would have won the Pioneer Football League where they were. But even though they're in FCS scholarship football now, it's 63 scholarships, which is a lot more than the none that we had before. But you can't give all 63 scholarships the first year of scholarship football. Then you would run into a situation right. where when everybody graduates, so... You'd have, yeah. you'd have a lot shirt, of problems five yeah, years later. The redshirt freshmen this year were on scholarship last year. None of them can play. The true freshmen coming in this year are on scholarship, and they'll sprinkle some more to the, to the upperclassmen and guys that have been there and deserve it. But we're going to be playing still below the scholarship level of FCS scholarship teams. So it is going to take a while to build up the personnel and the talent at the level of the Big South and the other FCS teams that we play. I think they're going to be very competitive in a lot of games this year, and I think they already have a great base of talent. Mike Minner and his staff are incredible recruiters, but just a warning some of the teams that they will play this year have been playing scholarship football for years and have 63 full scholarships of guys that have been through the program. And that's what makes this season unique, but also uh, a, a little special because they're going to be big underdogs in a, in, in a couple of games, but it's going to be fun to see what they can do. I know Kennesaw State is 
new and maybe they're the exception to the rule but but they do have 35,000 enrollment too yeah. so it's <laughs> Yeah. Well, and they are one of those teams. Uh, Kennesaw State and Monmouth are Big South Conference members only in football because not every team in the traditional Big South, as you as you would think, have, have a football team. And Kennesaw State, you're right. They started four years ago, but it was kind of like Campbell in year four. They had a lot of guys that have literally been starting since their freshman year. They're able to recruit out of the Georgia and Atlanta area. Next Last year, they made it deep in the FCS playoffs, and a lot of preseason polls have them ranked in the top five. When Campbell plays them near the end of the year, they could be one, two, or three in the mm-hmm. entire country. Yeah. Well, we're definitely looking forward to the season, and I know that you guys discuss building the program and the new staff, everything that happens with sports on your own podcast. Can you tell us a little bit about podcast coffee with coach yeah we've had we've had a lot of fun uh evan budrovich who works with me in the broadcasting and digital media department uh number one he's an unbelievable talent uh he's from california we somehow managed to convince him to to, to come out here and uh him and i uh, put together the camel call podcast and it's kind of unique it's it's fun uh every other week i'll do a coffee with coaches podcast which is Literally what the title says, I, I, I sit down uh, in a room uh, just like this with a cup of coffee and a coach, and we kind of have a this is your life for 30 or 40 minutes. Evan goes with uh, a, a little more of the great stories we have from our student athletes, and not only that, maybe some former student athletes that are now pro or that are now still around the program and still around Campbell. So it's a fun way every every week to kind of go deeper into Campbell Athletics. There's so many great things and so much that we put out on social media, but a lot of it is reactionary to games or what's happening coming up to games. Uh, A lot of times we have times to do that. We ask a coach, how does it feel to win? How does it feel to lose? But it's fun to really get in depth, just uncovering a lot of fantastic stories from the coaches who are unbelievable people. It's one of the reasons why I did it. You know, we've got 21 sports here, so many head coaches, and not just saying this because the recorder's on, every <laughs> one of them a fantastic coach but a fantastic person and all have great stories. So it was kind of something that I wanted to do to spend more time with them, and it's, it just really turned out to be popular, and it's, it's been a lot of fun for me, hopefully for them too. Uh, so, Chris, thank you so much. Um, uh, I know a little behind the scenes here. We're testing out new equipment today, so thanks for being our, our guinea pig with the new equipment. Uh, we uh, we look forward to hearing your call throughout the fall and spring this year. Um, we're very big fans of what you do for Campbell University, and uh, um, I think you've taken the you have helped take the athletics program to to another level here. So we appreciate that. Um, but uh, yeah, everybody listen to Chris and uh, and his podcast as well, Athletics Podcast, and. Um, we'll have more information whenever we get the dates and everything for that. But no, just thank you very much for being on our show. Hey, thank you so much. Big fan uh, of the show, so thank you for uh, <laughs> having me on. Rhymes with Orange. I love it. It's uh, everything you need to know about Campbell University. So thanks for making me part of it. Thank you. is the first football game of the season, and this year it's also the first performance of the Sound of the Sandhills Marching Band. 
we caught up with some band students before practice to ask them about their favorite memories of band camp. This is actually what happened all of band camp. This one time at band camp, we made history by running the first ever pregame show. So we are going to clean and polish it tonight. Okay. I'm and see it. it is going to be ready for Thursday. So this one time at band camp, we were making the joke like that one night. <laughs> no, I can't say it. She's like, oh, no, this, this, is like, this is like perfect. <laughs> well, everyone was like, you know, needing motivation. They're kind of burned out, you know, toward like the last last few days. And I was like, all right, I'll get dunked in a whole big bucket of ice water if you guys do well tomorrow. And then it ended up that Logan joined in, Dr. Smith joined in, and uh, Dr. Barnes joined in. And so the whole band filled up like big buckets of ice water. And at the very end of the day, they just dunked us all and it was horribly cold, but it was felt amazing afterwards. Let's say jokes on them. It yeah, exactly. That's a great yeah. rehearsal. It really was. Mr. Barnes getting his head knocked and started yeah, bleeding everywhere. Started bleeding so that was a What? What hit his head? Uh, the cooler and the ice. So it's good. He said he just has a sensitive head. I'm the woodwind captain and she's the brass captain. So I play clarinet. And I play trumpet. Matt and I are both okay. the drum majors. Mm -hmm. yep. So did you guys all do marching band in high school or did you just kind of get I didn't do marching band in high school, but... I did do marching <laughs> band in high school. Okay, cool. Is it the same here since it's like first time? What's different? Um, it's more about entertaining than it, instead of like competing and stuff like that. And it kind of, it's, it's, I don't know, it's just like cooler in a sense. <laughs> like it's, it's okay. Like we strive for perfection, but it's also... The cool thing about this is it's never been done before. So like every yeah. time we do something, like every time we all stepped off for the first time at the same time, that was the first time we did that. Every time we ran the pregame show for the first time, every time we ran the halftime show that we're on for the halftime <laughs> for the first There's time, so that's time. like everything we do is still like, oh, this is like history. Yeah. It was like the coolest thing ever. And calling them the set for the first time was, I remember doing it in high school and doing it here was just a totally different experience knowing that it was the first time it had ever happened like on yeah. this campus was just the weirdest yeah. and craziest yeah. feeling. Definitely Campbell has something different and like special about it, just because like of all the traditions that we've set. Um, I know one of my favorite traditions we've set is the alma mater. We all actually know the words to the Campbell alma mater. Oh, yeah, we sing it at the end of the video. Oh, that's so cool. such like yeah. a close-knit group like yeah. I even got everybody to sing happy birthday to my dad like one night it was like over the phone or was he yeah. just here it was like, Logan recorded, recorded from the top of the scaffolding <laughs> mind you I hate heights and I'm up here trying to record this 
my, my, okay, you're a good friend. My brother texted me. He's like, remember, it's dad's birthday tonight. I'm like, oh, dang, I got to do something because I haven't done anything yet. And so I was like, all right, everybody just sing happy birthday for cool. him. And it worked. I bet he loved that. Oh, he did. Such he, like, dad. replayed it, like, a million times. That's awesome. So this one time at band camp, <laughs> we all sang happy birthday. <laughs> I might do, I might, I might really do that. None of us actually know it all. So this one time at band camp, uh, multiple days at band camp, not just one day. Um, my, I'm a part of the clarinet section. We had seven new freshmen, which was just a whole, like, that's like one-fourth of the section, which is a huge chunk. Um, and so it was really cool because I got to meet each and every one of them. And then, you know, going into the first week of school, like, I got to know them and got to, like, whenever I saw them across campus, like, I got to say hi. And that was just one of the coolest things, like, for me at band camp. And we sweated, had fun, and all the above. It made music.